0: hello awesome humans and welcome to today's episode of the awesome human podcast i'm natalie your host and i'm so grateful that you're here as a quick reminder we record this podcast with a live virtual audience so you will hear me respond to comments and questions throughout if you'd like to join our live audience i would love it you can go to nataliecogan.com to see the schedule of upcoming shows and to sign up now before we dive into today's topic just Take a deep breath to arrive in this moment right now. This time is for you, and I hope you find this episode really valuable. All right, awesome humans. We are live. Welcome to Awesome Human Hour. Welcome to the Awesome Human Podcast, if you're listening that way. Welcome to your Wednesday or whatever day it is when you're watching this as a recording or listening as a podcast But I always like to say welcome to whatever day we're in. You know, sometimes we get lost. So welcome, everyone, as we gather. I'm so grateful that you're making this time for you. I'm so grateful to be with you all and really excited about our topic today. I know I say this every time, and I don't care because I really am excited. I wouldn't do these if I wasn't excited. But today we're going to be talking about awe and the power of awe and wonder to make us happier and healthier. And I'm going to have an amazing guest join me in about 15 minutes. Um, Jonah Packett, who is a scientist and psychologist on the science of well-being and um, someone I've known for a long time. And he wrote a really wonderful book called Awestruck. So we're going to be talking about the power of awe and wonder. And I just think it's such a perfect topic for... For now for the times we live in. And I'm going to tell you in a moment kind of why I wanted to do it today. Uh, but as we gather, and I know this is for for all of you joining live, I got so many emails in response to announcing the topic from people saying, "Oh my God, I'm going to miss it because it's school vacation week." Um, I know there's a lot of folks on vacation, so no worries. If you register to join us by Zoom, so to be part of the live audience here on Zoom, you always get the recording the following day, and then uh, we always make this an episode of the Awesome Human. Podcast, which you can listen to on any platform you like. So zero worries if you um ever have to miss a live show. You'll always get the recording. Uh so as we're gathering, and I always want to say you are never late to awesome human hour, you're always just on time. Let's begin the way we always begin. Um this is our kind of beginning ritual. Um, and I always ask you to take a moment, whether you're here live or you're listening as a podcast or as a recording, please take a moment and complete the following sentence. Today, I'm an awesome human because. And if you are called to do so, please put it in chat if you're here live, if you're listening, if you're driving or cooking or walking, like take a moment and complete the sentence. If you can say it out loud, I'd love for you to do it. Today, I'm an awesome human because. And as I always remind you, the critic in our brains, the inner critic, the criticizer, the belittler, the doubter, very active because your brain has a negativity bias and your brain is very good at pointing out all the things about you that are not this, not good enough this. So we have to practice making the voice of our inner appreciator stronger. And that's why I ask you to do this practice today. I'm an awesome human because, and I hope you do this on a daily basis, but at least once a month when we do this experience together, I get to encourage you. And I love um, to see so many of you sharing in chat. I'm going to read some of what you share to inspire us all today because I think it's really important we live in a world that does not teach us how to appreciate ourselves we live in a world where criticizing ourselves is encouraged, and as you have probably heard me say if you've been exposed to me in any way on social uh, in my keynotes or in my workshops. Self-criticism does not actually help you to improve and grow into the beautiful, fullest version of yourself. There are zero scientific studies that show that. Self-awareness helps you to do that. Recognizing where you want to grow helps you do that. And learning how to appreciate your great qualities and your gifts helps you do that. So there's a lot of science behind this as well. So let me read a couple of things that you are all sharing. My chat is exploding because I wanna really inspire us all to connect to that voice of our inner appreciator. Um, All right, I, I picked these at random, by the way. I have no, I can't even see your name. So let's see, today I'm an awesome human because I'm done with working out. Rock star, Joanne, awesome uh today I'm an awesome human because I am learning to take care of a variety of birds guineas chickens and ducks that is so cool Terry that's like the first one like this that I've seen today I'm an awesome human because I am making time for me Rockstar, awesome uh whoa they're like flying so fast I can't even keep up <laughs> today I'm an awesome human because I'm handling the new job that was thrown at me and I'm doing it. Yeah, we, yes, you are. Today I'm an awesome human because, oh my God, so many things are flying. And today I'm an awesome human because my office is closed this week and I'm taking the time to really rest and re-energize. I love it, y'all. I These are great. And whatever you came up with is wonderful. And I do have to tell you, If this is a challenging exercise for you, you are not alone. I do this with my audiences a lot when I speak. And there's a lot of people who are like, I I don't know. I'm not awesome. And so I want you to, um, I just was working on this. um, I am recording the audio version of the Awesome Human Journal that's coming out in October. I'm going to tell you about that in a moment. So I've been in the studio this week. If my voice is a little raspy, that's, that's where that's coming from. And um, I was working, I was saying this in the recording, if you have trouble um, thinking about something awesome about yourself, here's something you can do. Um, Imagine you are someone um, who loves you, your friend, uh, a partner, a colleague, a child, what would they say? How would they complete the sentence? So if I was thinking about what would my husband say? Or what would my daughter Mia say? Today, Natalie is an awesome human because so um, sometimes we need to step out of our perspective and take on the perspective of people who love and admire us to work this practice. So that's a suggestion for you. Um, I love it. I love I love seeing them fly into my screen. So again, if you're just joining us, you are never late. Um, we're going to be talking about the power of awe and wonder and how awe can make us healthier and happier and my guest Jonah, Paquette, um, the author of a book, Awestruck and a Scientist and Wellbeing, and a good friend, will be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, I want to tell you just as a way of um, introduction for this topic, why I wanted to talk about awe and how timely it is. So obviously, we schedule our guests in advance, so Jonah and I agreed to do this a couple months ago. But if you read my weekly email that I send out, and if you don't, it's a good email. You should subscribe. You can just go to nataliecogan.com and you can subscribe at the bottom. But I wrote in my email this week that um, I caught myself in a loop of complaining this past Monday. Um, These past four weeks have probably been four or five weeks, some of the hardest I've gone through. And I've shared this with some of my health stuff and just stuff going on. It's been a lot. And then this past four days, the weekend, just... Even more, a lot, and so I found myself on Monday morning. I was driving to the recording studio to record the Awesome Human Journal as an interactive audio program, and I just caught myself in that like complaint loop of like, "My God, the weekend is too short, and I need more time to rest." Like, why is this recording have to happen this week? I don't have enough energy for it. You know, we all get there, right? Like, it's normal. Have you caught yourself in a complaint loop? Right, it happens, right. And then I had this moment um, and I, I can't tell you that something particular caused it. Maybe it's like I heard my complaint voice in my head and I had this moment of, hold on, my brain is just focusing on the stuff that isn't enough, like not enough time for rest, not enough energy. And it was like this, it just came out of me. I was like, but hold on. Like the past weekend was so much because we had all these family celebrations. We celebrated Passover and my mom's birthday and my daughter came home from college as a surprise for my mom. I'm like, that's why it was so tiring. Like we had all these amazing things to celebrate. And well, I'm tired on this Monday morning, but I'm driving to the studio because my amazing publisher came up with this idea That not only are we going to release the awesome human journal, so you can have all these practices that I share to actually interact with. I cannot tell you guys how excited I am about this journal. It's coming out in October. But my publisher also came up with this idea. Let's create an audio experience for people who might be blind or for people who don't want to deal with paper and pen or for busy people on the go who want the benefit of your work but don't want to sit with a journal. Like, how amazing is that? And I'm sharing this because I really got to this moment um, of awe, like of being in awe of the gifts in my life. And it really kind of shut down the complaining thing in my head. And I'm not saying that, um, like, you, you, hopefully, if you're here, you know my work by now. I'm, I'm not suggesting that we re, that we cover up any challenging feelings we're having. I would never say that. If, you know, acceptance and acknowledging how you feel is always step one. But there's a huge distance between acknowledging a difficult feeling and being in this loop of complaining about it, which the only thing that does is it drains more of your energy. And so, I'm sharing this because. I was so excited that we get to talk about awe today because I do think that stepping into awe, whether it's awe of seeing something beautiful or it's being in awe of the gift of being alive or some of the gifts in your life, right? And it's very, to me, awe, I'm excited to talk to Joan about it because to me, awe is very close to gratitude, but I think awe is such a great way to balance out our brain's tendency Um, to have this negativity bias, to focus on the problems, to get caught in complaining. Um, And I think it's a really, it's something we all need. Um, My other lens that I just want to offer for you, I shared a reel on Instagram yesterday about how, um, you know, I've been, because English is my second language. And for those of you who may not know, I grew up in the Soviet Union and I came here as a refugee with my parents when I was a teenager and I learned English as a second language. And maybe because it was really hard for me to learn, I, I'm always like very. Um, I almost do like semantic analysis of like of how people talk. I still do it. So I've been really aware in the last couple of weeks of the way we talk about work, and it's kind of become clear to me and a bit alarming that we talk about the world of work in this very mechanistic way. And again, if you follow me on Instagram, I do encourage you to watch the reel I shared yesterday. It's also on LinkedIn. If you don't follow me on social, in the words of my 18-year-old daughter, I'm a good follow. And it's at Natalie Kogan on Instagram and Natalie Kogan on LinkedIn. And I share things like this daily almost. And so the language that I'm finding we use about work actually also about our days has become very mechanistic, right? Like I got to get this stuff done. I got to hustle through the day. I got to get through my to-do list. And I feel like it's become void of like connection and meaning and dare I say soul. And the words that we use to describe our work or to describe our days or what we do have a huge impact on what we feel. So if our words are so mechanistic and tactical and very like, dry, then no wonder that so many people are feeling really in dread about work and life in general. And so to me, that's connected because I think that we sometimes in our busy kind of lives in our get this done, get this done lives, we really forget to be in awe of being alive and to be in awe of of the gifts that we have and the things we get to do. Um, And so that's the other thing that I just wanted to share, and I'm excited to talk to Jonah about it, that the reason that I think talking about how awe can make us healthier and happier is so important, because, you know, our world is full of challenges, and um, I, I, I don't even need to highlight that, I think we all know that, but the way to work through challenges is not by sitting around and constantly complain about the challenges right, we acknowledge the challenges But then we want to struggle less through them and actually grow and evolve and thrive through them. You've heard me talk about resilience. And my favorite definition of resilience is your ability to positively adapt amidst adversity. And that adaptation to me is all about growth. And so to me, learning how to step into awe um, and really, for me, it's practice and be really to kind of have moments in your day where you are not so caught up in like the mechanical, the tactical, the doing, the, the, the getting stuff done and to have a play, to have this practice of really like the gratitude for what you get to do, the wonder around it, a little bit of soul and magic. I think it's a really... I think it's really important right now. And actually I think it's a really important antidote to um, a lot of the dread that a lot of us are feeling. So I wanted to share this with you. I'm really excited to talk about it with Jonah, but this is um, like the impetus for um, kind of wanting to bring this topic to all of us so we can all struggle less and thrive more and actually through this help create a um, a more thriving world together. Um, so thank you for coming to my Ted talk about, um, how awe can help us complain less and struggle less. And um, one last thing. So I just want to, because a lot of um, folks have um, asked me about this on social. I do want to share a little bit more about the Awesome Human Journal. Um, uh, and uh because a lot of folks have asked. So the Awesome Human Journal is an interactive journal that I have created. It is completely hand-drawn and illustrated by yours truly. If you have read my book, The Awesome Human Project, um, it is based on the book. It is inspired by the book, but it actually has um, a ton of new practices and new ideas. And so I am absolutely over the moon and um about it and it is the journal is actually going to print this week so can we have a moment of like good vibes for the journal and a moment of celebration because the awesome human project um, is going to print i just talked to my publisher yesterday we finalized um the cover do you guys want to see the cover for those of you live on Zoom, can I just share it? Oh my God, my screen is exploding with hearts and celebrations. You're all amazing. Um, I I am uh, to say that it's been a labor of love <laughs> is an understatement. Um, I'm gonna show it to you all because why not? Um, let's see. Yeah, I can't, I, I really cannot wait. It's coming out in October, but let me share my screen because I can. Just to give you a glance of the cover, here is the cover, Um, the awesome human journal, a toolkit for the tough days, the good days and all the days in between. And I love, we came up with this kind of shorthand, the unboring burnout healing, joy inducing journal inspired by the book, The Awesome Human Project. So thank you for sharing this amazing moment with me. Thank you for celebrating. Um, It's a huge thing. Um, Every book for me is like a book baby. Uh, so this is, um, it's a, well, it is a book, baby. Um, uh, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, I want to, and also thank you. I really appreciate all the joy and I, um, in sharing it with you, I also, um, so Jennifer is asking when we can get it. So it goes, it's, um, it's going to be published in October. So it comes out in October. Um, I will, don't worry. I will always let you know um, where, uh, when it's uh, published, you'll always know, but it comes out in October. um, And uh, as I mentioned, you will also have the audio workbook which is actually the first time my publisher has created anything like that. We are um, creating uh, a way for you to use some of the practices from the journal on the go. Um, And so I'm in the studio a lot this week. I was there all day Monday and then I'll be there all day Friday. Um, translating this journal. And it's gonna be really, the audio is really cool because you can there'll be like a dedicated track for here's your daily practices, a dedicated track for your weekly self-care check-in, a dedicated track for edit your thoughts practice. So you can use it on the go and you can like scroll through on whatever, it'll be on Audible and wherever you use the audio um, that you can be like, oh, here's what I need right now. I need the edit your thoughts practice and you'll have me in your ear. Um, to guide you through it. So um, it's going to be awesome. So yeah, uh, thanks for asking. I love the excitement. So yeah, the journal, the written journal comes out in October and you'll have the audio workbook to go with it also at the same time. Um, and I'm really excited. So I'm I'm in the studio this week recording it. It's a, a whole new experience to translate a journal um, into a uh, an audio program, but uh, it's going to be amazing. I have an amazing producer. So that's my big announcement for today. Um, Yeah, I, yes. And I I love the excitement. Yeah, I do have to give credit um, to my publisher for having the idea um, of making my work available to people who might be visually impaired or just aren't into like paper or reading things or writing things. And for people who are on the go so you can do these practices in your car so my publisher sounds true is really amazing and I have an incredible producer um, guiding me through uh, the whole process um, of uh, translating an interactive workbook into an interactive audio program, but it's coming out really epic so far, Um, I'm getting super excited. So thank you everyone. Let's see. Jonah is not here yet. I wonder if Jonah is um in Zoom land somewhere. Let me just check. Uh it happened. Zoom has been so funky. Um uh lately I was on a a Zoom earlier and it was super weird. Let me just see. Since we're our family here, let's just uh <laughs> let's ping Jonah and see if he is. Uh oh, Jonah's joining us at 12:30. Okay. Um, All right. So here's what I want to, here's what I want to do. So Jonah will be here in uh, a few minutes. Um, Okay, I'd love to do a little um, practice with you, if we would, as we're talking about awe, before I have an interview with Jonah about it. So, do this. And if you're, you know, you, you can do this. If you have a piece of paper, you can write this down. If you are on the go, if you're driving, please do not write things down. But if you're on the go, if you're listening to this, you can also do this. I'd love for you to take a moment and think about the last time that you experienced a state of awe. And I actually don't want to define it. Um, I'll let Jonah do that when he joins us, but, uh, I would like for you to just take a moment to reflect and I'm gonna stop talking for a few seconds. When was the last time that you experienced what for you felt like awe? What were you doing? What was it? So just take a moment and reflect on that. And if you're here with us on Zoom, I'd love for you to share that, um, your awe moments in chat. And I'm gonna stop talking for 10 seconds so you can reflect. I love it. Erica, you get the awesome human award today for going first Um, and uh, and just make sure if you're sharing, if you want everyone to see it, if you're here on Zoom, um, in the chat, you just have to make sure the blue thing says everyone versus host and panelists. Um, But, oh, I see Jonah here. Jonah, uh, uh, before I introduce you, I just asked everyone to share a moment of awe
1: um, I'm seeing some amazing examples in there.
0: Uh, hold on. Let me actually bring you in here and say hello to you shortly, but ooh, I'm going to add your spotlight. Um, all right, hold on. Uh, okay. Awesome. Um, so let's actually let's Jonah join. You're here. Let's bring you in on this. So first of all, Jonah, welcome to awesome human hour and the awesome human podcast. Thank you for being here.
1: I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No, it's great. We have 150 plus people live, um, many more on Facebook I can't even see. And as you know, um, tens of thousands of awesome humans will listen to this as a podcast. So thank you for joining our community. And everyone is so excited to talk about awe. Just so you know, as a way of introduction before you join, I was talking about how this week in in the email that I write every week, I shared how... Um, I didn't even mean for it to happen. Uh, But I got caught my I caught myself in a lot of complaining on Monday, you know, the weekend not long enough too many things to do, you know, we all get there. And then I had this moment of awe uh, of for all the gifts and all the things I get to do in my life and how it really helped to shift so it's perfect timing. I think we all um, can do that. So, um, let's dive in and then i love so i asked everyone as a practice to share the last time they felt awe and um before i introduce Jonah and ask him to share his work i actually want to read a couple of these out loud for everyone who is listening as a recording or on the podcast because i think they're so different um i love that okay i'm just, I, and again you guys i always tell you i pick them totally at random like i i just there my chat's exploding so i just pick random um Uh, uh, Jessica says, uh, weather has shifted here and my bare feet on the grass. That's all for me. Sailing next to gray whales and Baja. Whoa, watching my teenage daughters hunt for their Easter baskets, Um, going to Japan and experiencing a new culture. I recently attended a Philadelphia orchestra concert where some of the musicians were in the balcony of the theater. Uh, Going to the museum, last week driving on the highway, the sunset, which was full of color and reminded me of how beautiful the world was. Seeing Life of Pi on Broadway. Listening to my boys create a world around them. They do this from time to time and it brings me so much joy. Um, Took a hike with my two youngest along the north uh, coast of Maui. Seeing the moon come through the clouds. I think these are so like, my heart is aching in a beautiful way as I read this. Thank you everyone for sharing. So Jonah, can I just dive in and um, we'll get to like all the your background and everything as we talk. As you're reading this, I see you smiling. How do you define all? I, asked, I didn't define it when I asked people to share. Is there a definition you can share?
1: Yeah. And I think for so many of us, it's like we know it when we see it. So we may not even always need that formal definition. But uh, as you can see, I mean, it comes from so many different places, which I think is one of the coolest things about it. Um, And if we back up and we think about how do we define it? Because that's one of the things that I really wanted to do in my book, Awestruck, is Mm. the seemingly indefinable. Um, You could think of it really as two things happening. One is We encounter something that's bigger than us, either kind of in Mm -hmm. an idea realm or experience or even like in a literal realm, the night sky, a mountain, gray whales. Love that example. Always dream to do that. Mm -hmm. And then second, that there's something about that experience that blows our mind, that challenges our assumptions, that changes what we thought we knew about Mm -hmm. ourselves, other people, the world around us. So kind of an element of surprise almost to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So those two things that you could think of it as vastness and transcendence bottled up. Vastness, to
0: hold on, vastness and transcendence. I think that's really beautiful. So I just want to pause on that for a moment, like vastness, that it's greater than us and transcendence in a way of what we like perceive on a daily basis. I really mm. love that vastness and transcendence. And I love in the examples people shared that it like, we can find vastness and transcendence by stepping on the grass in our backyard and by watching whales, and by watching our kids, and that it doesn't have to be, and I'd love for you to talk about this. I used to, early on, think about awe, like, you have to see something stunning, like the Grand Canyon, or the most amazing sunset. How do we find awe, Jonah, in the everyday?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, because I think I used to similarly... Uh, Have Mm. this idea of you hear that word all, you think in these really grand terms, sometimes Mm -hmm. grand, like the Grand Canyon, or these once in a lifetime flashbulb moments. And I think one of the things that really struck me in learning more about this and writing more about this is that the opportunities to find awe are really all around us. Um, You know, yes, there's examples here, whether it's art, nature, music, the night sky, so forth, but even on a humbler scale, um, you know, I'll give you an example all of us right here and right now that are here, you can literally look around just your field of vision right Mm. here now, wherever you are joining this from. And just look at how many things you can see, touch, feel that would have been absolutely mind-blowing to someone Mm. like 50 years ago, let alone 500, Mm -hmm. 5,000, 50,000. I've got this phone in front of me right here that has more computing power <laughs> than the Apollo missions. Like right, right. we're constantly surrounded by these miraculous parts of life, but that we I think become accustomed to. We we lose sight of how incredible they are.
0: Mm. I think that's a really great reminder. And again, as you're talking, I can't help I'm scrolling through some of these. And I think it's um like a few people, I, I'd love to share this and then have you reflect on it. And then I'm gonna ask you how you got into awe. And I'd love for you to share some research of how it contributes to how we feel, but a few people have shared more than a few, like Shayla wrote, watching my sister handle her family, a special needs son and a toddler. Right. Nancy wrote, uh, would hearing someone's life story of what they've been through through major struggles and survived. So to me, that's actually like I'm learning something, which is why I really appreciate all sharing. It doesn't even have to be something. Um, like actually, could I have you talk about some of those examples? Because I think that there's all. Also in our interactions with others, if we choose to.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, uh, when they've done cross-cultural, cross-country research on awe, Mm. uh, sometimes think of awe as like, oh, nature, you know, that's where our head goes. But actually like the number one source of awe, according to all these broad scale surveys around the world, is other people, right? Whether it's, I mean, a person's wisdom, their courage, their, you know, ability at something or just sort of their their resilience in the face of of hardship that finding awe through others uh, is really a powerful outlet for it and it's also a really interpersonal emotion like one Mm. of the effects of awe which I know we can get to and you can probably all feel it right now as you do this is this sense of connection um that it when we have this moment And we have that experience it makes us feel really deeply connected to other people to the world around us Mm. uh, in a really powerful way
0: well as you're talking which I think is so helpful to like hear that perspective and that's fascinating Jonah as you I wouldn't have if you said to me what do you think is the most Mm -hmm. common thing people would say all across culturally I'd say seeing a sunrise or sunset like that would be my first guess but I think that's also um Like, as you're talking, I think that's the vastness and transcendence, does all help us transcend the singularity, like seeing ourselves as isolated beings and more kind of part of something together with others.
1: Yeah. And I think that like it does, and it's so important. It's always important, but I think, especially these days, we're we're Mm. literally in the loneliest time on record in history. That's uh, one of the reasons I think it's so awesome, literally, that you build communities like this and events like this to connect in this way, because so many people out there are feeling alone and isolated and disconnected and just kind of in their own bodies um, and apart from from the rest of the world. And so you know, in this time of, of loneliness and disconnection, we have this emotional experience that you know, even if it's just from the night sky or the sun or the sunset,
0: mm. it
1: makes us feel at one with other people, with the world around us. Um, really fascinating findings that show that when we experience awe, we actually become more concerned with like the welfare of people halfway around the world. It doesn't even mm. have to be people that we know. It's just a very connecting binding. It's been described as the ultimate collective emotion. One of the researchers who's done this work. Huh. As Wow,
0: this is really beautiful, Jonah, and I am about to ask you how you got into it, um, but you're already sharing such such gems. I think that I, to be honest with you, I, and obviously I'm someone who studies well-being, but I never thought about awe as an emotion that, as a practice or emotion that can help us feel less alone and more connected. And I think that's such a powerful and an essential um benefit of it, as for everything you just said now of us feeling we're all feeling much lonelier than we ever have. And also, I think so many of the challenges we're facing as a world come from this seeing ourselves as so separate. I'll give you just an example, and you'll riff on it. You know, obviously, I talk a lot about self-care. And one of the ways that I found that for me and for me to help like people I work with and leaders to break through this idea that self care is selfish is to recognize that the reason we think it's self care, it's selfish, is because we see ourselves disconnected from each other. So we have this idea that, like, I, Natalie, am in this bubble and I can be exhausted and I cannot take care of myself, but somehow then I can take care of my team and my daughter or talk with Jonah and be a wonderful friend. And actually, that is not true. We all know, right? We all share our emotions and energy with everyone around us. And so if I am not taking care of myself, I'm not taking care of all the other selves I am part of. And so I think it's so I bring this up because I think that finding ways to feel more connected is absolutely essential to like our survival as a species. I'll go that far. So I'd love for you, Jonah. So just like. To the beginning, I just want to do a quick intro. So um, the fun thing is Jonah and I have known each other for a while, but I even more so I went to college with Jonah's brother, Gabe Packhead, who is one of my husband, Avi's closest friends. And many of you here, um, you've heard Avi or of Avi. Um, so it's really cool and awesome for me that Jonah and I connected and ended up in very inter- intersecting fields. It just brings me so much joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Jonah. Yeah, I think I said this to you, but I love Jonah's work and books because it is science with emotion. That's what I try to do. I think that's what we need as humans. So Jonah, can you talk a little bit how you got to all, like you wrote this beautiful book, Awestruck, Um, how did you arrive at like deciding to want to write and talk about awe?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting circuitous path. I'll try to make it real short. Um, One is just, I, you know, when I've looked back and experienced things in my own life, some of the peak experiences, right, that I've had involved moments of awe, whether it was in nature, whether it was sort of, you know, seeing animals in the wild, being in beautiful places, the redwoods in California where I'm at. like that. So it's always been very close to my heart as an experience, but I think for a long time, sort of like you, I I thought to myself, oh, that's a nice thing to have, but it's almost the cherry on top of a good life Sunday. Mm -hmm. I never really thought of these moments of awe as being all that important because sometimes they last just a few seconds. Um, And one of the things that really turned my head around that a little bit was uh i was going anyone ever go on those like late night wikipedia rabbit holes or just me where you're doing, like, <laughs> reading something and then late night
0: up? early morning right early before we had to host this awesome human hour and i was like oh my god i have to go yes
1: and i do the mental calculator like if i fell asleep right this moment i'd get five hours of sleep but then you're really wide awake because you're only gonna get five hours of sleep and so it's four hours oh late. my
0: god jonas stop talking <laughs> stop talking about my brain I'm sure everyone is sitting
1: and going, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. That's me. So I, I, I have a bad habit to do that. But anyways, w- one time I was going down one of those Wikipedia rabbit holes far too late or early, however you want to think about it. And I was reading about astronauts, um, interestingly enough, who were describing their experience seeing Earth from outer space, like the astronauts that had gone, gone and done these missions. So they described like looking down and, and seeing our planet and just that, that flashbulb moment. But I remember what really jumped out to me, what really got me fascinated was the fact that almost universally, they all came home forever changed. And they described coming home from that moment. Some of them gave up all their worldly possessions. Some of them entered like deep, lifelong contemplative practices. Some of them started nonprofits, others became humanitarians or environmentalists. Like it looked different for different people, but they all described that like five second experience as changing the rest of their life, almost like a religious awakening of sorts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I got really interested in that and learning about what they call the overview effect, which is the, the the term used for what those astronauts saw, about how these really micro moments can change the rest of our lives, and that mm-hmm. totally changed my perspective because I've always thought of uh, you know, and, and we write and talk about some similar things around gratitude and connection, and you know, I always think of these as small sustainable habits that you kind of build up over time and through mm. neuroplasticity it changes you you know, gradually but it's like building a new muscle whereas with awe, it was like this flashbulb, mm. sh- lightning bolt of sorts that mm. seemed to change people's lives and i got really fascinated with it but by the way i have to check myself because as a mental health clinician we have no problem kind of buying into the fact that a single really painful experience can change the trajectory of our life for whatever Mm -hmm. reason, like when it comes to the other side of the coin, we, it's like the skeptical part of me come on. How could that be five Mm -hmm. seconds? But I got really interested. And then it happened to be right around this time where all this research was coming out on the benefits of awe and Mm -hmm. it was right place, right time. That was starting, you know, in the past five years, there's been you know, going from almost zero to 60 in terms of just research on awe and people talking about awe, writing about awe, and really becoming so encouraged and fascinated to learn about how, you know, these, these moments of wow can change our lives. So that's what definitely inspired me to write the book, because not only, you know, I think both you and I share this passion of it's not just the ideas, but it's like, how yes. do you present it in a way that can actually reach people and and hopefully change lives along the way as opposed to just a academic exercise.
0: Yeah yeah. No, Jonah, I I'm so grateful you shared that and I um I actually I just want to pause on because what you just said around like there's this common and I'm not a mental health clinician but I think we're all familiar with kind of even you know just the general if if we pay attention to how we talk about our lives we often talk about something really challenging that we went through and how that changed the course of our lives. And it is absolutely true, right? Like my being a refugee, that really changed the course of my life, not just like physically being in a different place, but who I am. But we don't often talk about how a really great moment or experience changed the course of our lives. And I don't mean like a birth of a child, which is very awe-inspiring or like getting married, but I mean, like these personal experiences. And I think that's something really powerful in what you just said, because, you know, as you and I know, and everyone who's been part of this community, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, our brain has a negativity bias, right? We're really drawn to paying attention to the negative because our brain sees it as a sign of danger. And maybe this is another function of it, but I also think it's another function of like, um, So I've been, Joan, I I don't think I've mentioned this to you, but I've been for the past year very deeply in um, studying myths and kind of how they affect. And my personal mentor is Gene Houston, who's kind of one of the founders of Human Potential Movement. And Joseph Campbell has always been kind of a big presence in my life. And the hero's journey, right? We all probably have heard of the hero's journey. Well, the hero's journey talks a lot about like the hero going through horrible experiences to emerge and then come back. But there's really there's a lot of power, as you just said, to like paying attention to those really beautiful or awe inspiring experience and they can change us. And I just think that's really important. We just said so I'm I want to put more I want to put more emphasis and yeah, bright highlighter.
1: Yes, I love the. Uh, please do um, around a-
0: that, because I think that. Um, You know, in my work, I talk a lot about the power, the stories we tell about ourselves, they really impact not just how we feel, but the choices we make. So I think it's really important in telling these stories to pay attention to and bring out these moments of awe and how they affected us. Just like we talk about this was challenging and it it can affect me this way. Um, So I just think what you said is like really, really important. Um, could you share a little bit, like you said, there's, uh, and I've seen it too, although I haven't gotten into it as deeply as you have, of course, um, but I'm finding it fascinating you sharing some of the impact of awe. So can you talk a little bit, let me ask you this question. What have been some of the research findings, other ones to which you've shared that have made you go like, oh, wow, this is surprising?
1: Yeah, Um So much. I I think maybe I'll just briefly and and feel free to cut me off, but I'll just I'll break it down between sort of mind on you know, mental health on one hand and and even what happens in our body on the other, because that's a really kind of area. So, you know, when it comes to what's happening more psychologically, emotionally, however you want to think about that, you know, we know that awe boosts our mood. But the best part is, you know, in these powerful moments of awe, they even detect changes in these studies to our mood a couple of weeks later. So when we have these powerful moments, the echoes of that, the ripple effects of that last a lot longer than we think. So it boosts our mood kind of in a in a in a pretty powerful way. Huh. Um, it not only makes us feel better, it also sort of gives us a greater sense of meaning, satisfaction in our lives, purpose, right? It's a very meaningful emotion. It helps us feel like we're connected again to something bigger than us. So there's that piece. Um, the other sort of really fascinating thing for me is it actually has been shown to reduce in a meaningful way, post-traumatic stress symptoms, as well as overall stress. So, you know, in a study done where they took people with PTSD and basically took them on an immersive awe experience in nature, not only did their symptoms reduce at the end of that study, but they held up even another month later. So it seems to have a really lasting effect again, on even in the case of severe adversity, severe trauma, things like that in people. Mm. Uh, so there's impacts to, you know, mood, to stress. I, of course, the biggest piece, as I mentioned, is that interpersonal side of things in terms of mm. helping to feel connected. And then what happens from there is it makes us much more pro-social and much more mm. passionate towards others, even compared to other positive emotional states. What these studies show is that awe leads to a lot, to a, to a greater increase in generosity in people, mm. you know, even compared to other pleasant emotions that we might. That we might have. So there's a lot happening just from a interpersonal and psychological level that make me, you know, really encouraged by this. Um, and then I think one of the coolest findings is the fact that awe has been shown in our bodies. Like when we have this moment, this moment wow. of wow, however you get there, to actually reduce chronic inflammation levels in our body um, more than other pleasant emotions, even. So you know, if we think of chronic inflammation linked to things like depression and even Alzheimer's and stroke risk and heart disease. There's something really fascinating happening, even on the, on a, in terms of our body, our immune system and so forth during these experiences and after these experiences. So inflammatory changes seem to occur. And then the last one I'll throw at you, that's really cool. There's, there's others, but um, the part of our brain, sort of the areas of our brain called the default mode network, that's really active if we're used to like self-judging and ruminating and self-monitoring and when we're kind of two in our own head, that becomes very deactivated when we experience awe, which I think helps explain why when we have these moments, we feel so present, so centered, we're not pulled in 50 different directions and deeply connected to others in the world around us. So there's interesting stuff happening there as well. So overall, I mean, that was the surprising thing of learning about this. I was interested in the topic, but then you start to peel back those layers, you yeah. know, changes inside and out, head to toe, interpersonally, and so on.
0: And, and on. so powerful. All right, well, I have a couple of questions and a couple yeah. on what you just said. So uh, first is a geeky neuroscience question, but just yeah. to clarify my understanding. So right. I wanna talk for a moment about this default modal network, cause I talk about it a lot in the context of when we take a break, from yeah. the doing and the writing. And you know, when you give a break to your frontal cortex, so this mm-hmm. is, I'm pointing everyone to the front of my head. This is the executive function. This is like the doer in your yeah. brain, the thinker, let me solve this problem. That when we do that, it's really meaningful because the default mode n- modal network gets to be active. And that's the network that helps us to come up with creative ideas and unexpected solutions. So um, I haven't thought a lot about it in terms of also being the automatic ruminator Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's got yeah. like everything in our brain. It's got the magic powers. Exactly. The air.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we could wave a magic wand and not have any default mode network activity in our, like, that would be a bad bet for us because we want, <laughs> this, you know, in doses, as you say, especially for creativity, for sort of open-mindedness, because our mind, you know, when we give it that break and it can go to really interesting places um, is a really important kind of superpower. The problem Is more kind of in terms of a matter of degrees and like people who struggle a lot with anxiety, with rumination, with depression, tend to live a lot in that head when they're not sort of anchored to a task. It ends up sort of going into this very overactive default mode network activity that, um, you know, leads to a lot of rumination, worry, anxiety, self judgment, self criticism and one of the things that awe appears to do in, you know, in that case is to put the brakes on that sort of that mm. of rumination and worry. Um, it's a similar thing happening in the brain, oddly enough, um, of like around uh, some of the psychedelic research coming out. Interesting mm. in terms of like the brain looking sort of dif- uh, similar in those states. Uh, so it's exactly. very sort of centering uh, interpersonal oriented uh, state.
0: Yeah, it's really fascinating. Um, and by the way, some of you are asking questions in chat. Great. Also, if you have a question, please put it into Q&A and I'll either work it in or Jonah will see it. But yes, questions are welcome and I'll work them in. And But Q&A is a great place to put them. Um, so that makes a ton of sense, Jonah. And I love the more we talk, I kind of start to think of an experience of awe as like an interruption to our kind of. Uh, self-focused, singular, isolated kind of way we can approach the day. And it's probably, you know, connected to this, but, you know, when my inner critic goes on overdrive, it's never when I'm with other people engaged in something. It's not when I'm doing this, it's not when I'm painting, it's not when I'm writing. It's usually you're right. It makes sense. It's usually when like there's time and my brain's like, Oh yeah, fantastic. Let's talk about all the things I think are not good enough. I have all these ideas. Let me tell you all these things I came up with. And for me, um, one of my kind of, um, life, uh, I guess I would even say philosophies, but it's just a big part of who I am is I'm someone I follow my doing. And what I mean by that is, um, I, I, it's not that I stay busy, but when I am doing something purposefully, that's where I find I'm at my best, and the inner critic doesn't have a chance to get involved. So I think it makes a ton of sense. So and beautiful. I love thinking about awe as an interrupter, yeah. awe, break, break, putter on. Break.
1: Yeah. yeah. It shakes the snow globe, sort of. It helps us think about things from a different perspective. Yeah,
0: I really love that. Um, I wanna touch on something else you said um, from the research because I'm always really fascinated by easily accessible experiences that can improve our health. Um, And so you talked about that awe reduces inflammation and just for um, edification, most of our health problems, When your body has inflammation, it's fighting something. Um, And I wanna just bring this back to loneliness and get your take, Jonah. So a lot of research have shown that when you feel lonely, which is different from spending time alone, I just wanna always be careful about that. I'm very open about the fact that I am an introvert. I need tons of alone time. I love my alone time. But choosing, awesome, Jonah, fellow alone time, Choosing to spend time alone is very different from feeling isolated and lonely. When you feel isolated and lonely, it actually research shows it increases inflammation in your body because your body interprets your loneliness as possible danger of not like having access to a tribe. So like very biological food, shelter, safety. So I think it's incredible that awe has been shown to reduce inflammation. Joanna, can you? hypothesize can we talk about this a little bit why because I think that's so powerful
1: it is and I think your reminder is so important too because again like from 99.99% of our experiences as, as humans right if I was alone if I was felt isolated it meant pretty certain death right so like it makes sense that I would interpret that as um as a danger, not just like an unpleasant thing, but actually like a mortal threat to myself, um, you know, and one of the theories about awe, like I mentioned earlier, it's been studied in like 45 different countries around the world, it's a universal human emotion, which begs the question, of, well, why? Um, and one of the theories is that, you know, among other things, this very binding effect that it has in terms of, you know, our, us as human beings connecting with each other being at one with our tribe, with our group, having Mm -hmm. these experiences that are shared or that sort of connect us to each other, you know, that has huge, obviously survival and evolutionary benefits to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think to your point of like, I I think the connection piece is probably that, you know, dimension that's important there is like, the more, the less connected I feel, the more that I interpret that as danger, threat, Mm -hmm. the more inflammatory processes go, the more safe, secure, attached that I feel. Um, the less that that's going to be the case, obviously. So I think that's probably in in many ways the the secret sauce.
0: Yeah, that's probably the magic. I think that's so meaningful. And I just want to like say this out loud for everyone again, like yellow virtual highlighter, (laughs) like practicing stepping into awe. And I think it does require practice because we've all... Seeing a beautiful sunset outside, and we're on our phones or yep. we're getting stuff done, and we don't pause, right? Pause to smell the flowers. I mean, there's truth to all these cliches. Mm-hmm. So, I do think, and this is my lens on life, and I know yours too like, awe is something we shouldn't wait for it to hit us over the head. We can actively step into that moment. But I think it is so incredibly powerful to also recognize that it is helping us be healthier. And like, you know, I've said this before that I would love to see a doctor prescribe gratitude three times a day, you know, the practice of, um, you know, taking a walk for 10 minutes, you know, practice of fueling your energy. I would love for, so let's add all, like for an experience of all once a day, like actually this is homework for everyone. If you've been coming to these shows, you know, I always give homework, because these are all practices and I love homework because it encourages me to practice. So this is everyone's homework is to find at least one moment of awe every day and begin today. You don't need to wait till tomorrow. You can begin today. I'll just share mine. Um, I am lucky enough. I'm in my studio today and I am looking at a beautiful little pond and there are two little ducks that are like hanging out over there. And I'm, in complete awe I was actually had this experience earlier but i've been glancing at them like they've just been there for like hours and i'm in awe of these little ducks just hanging out for a couple hours and it, it gives me this moment of like oh like slow down like so um so that's my moment of awe so that's everyone's homework to find at least to practice stepping into a moment of awe at least once a day and recognize this is your, this is the Natalie and Jonah prescription. Okay. (laughs) Jonah is actually, uh, you know, a mental health professional. I'm a wannabe mental health professional. Um,
1: Basically. Um, But
0: this is your prescription from us. This is your homework. Imagine it written in very official writing on a pad of paper. Um, Because I think that's really powerful, Jonah. And, you know, we're we're in a world where um, there are so many different health issues that are connected to stress. What a cool way to think about awe as an antidote.
1: I know. And I, I never would have in the past. Um, I would have thought it was just a nice moment, by the way, on the, on the bird theme, when I walked outside to um, get yesterday's mail, um, I saw this little hummingbird and that was my moment today, of mm. watching this hummingbird kind of doing its thing and thinking to myself, if you literally created from scratch a mythical creature that was like a basically a fairy you couldn't come up with something more wild than a hummingbird like these are magical beings that are just around our midst so noticing things every day that we just kind of go on autopilot by and seeing them as magical like heck doing this right now is awe-inspiring to me to connect with people from all over the country over the world probably with you Across the country, um, in real time through a screen, like that's wild to wrap your head around. So yeah, there's yeah, really, amazing. If you can find I the big, capital A all moments, great. But like I always say to people, this is not the scientific term, but like the capital A A moments, wonderful. Birth of a child, first steps, Grand Canyon night sky, keep doing it. But the real magic, I think, is in those sort of everyday lowercase A all. The color of leaves turning on a light and being like, well, how did that electricity work? That's mm-hmm. wild. Um, and just kind of going through life with a little bit more of that openness and curiosity, um, is really and the
0: magic. Moment. You know, the word that I've been using that I feel like we're missing some magic. Um, I, I was saying at the beginning, and then I do want to take this question, um, from mm-hmm. Dennis about is all ever used in a wow. negative sense, because it is mm-hmm. part of awful. So I do want you to address that. I think it's important. Um, But I was sharing at the beginning that um, one of the things I've been really thinking about and noticing is just the language we use to describe our work and our days. It's so mechanistic. It's so tactical. Like, I got to get stuff done. I got to hustle through my day. I got to kill my inbox or whatever. And the words we use impact how we feel. So no wonder we have tons of dread about work if it's all about get stuff done and kill my inbox. And I, I made a reel yesterday. I posted that on LinkedIn too, and I mentioned it to everyone that I feel like we're missing some soul, some magic and like the things we do. And so I, I, I just want to add that like I think that's also the power of practicing awe. It's just, you know, it's like Einstein said, right? You can go through life in two ways. You can see everything as a miracle, or you can see nothing as a miracle. So to me, it's like that's that. it. you know, if that if all was a brand, that's its brand quote, right? Like Mm -hmm. There are tons of miracles and yet we take it all for granted and I was talking before like awe and gratitude are very close, I think awe, the transcendence is, but I think having that as a daily practice of just like becoming aware of some of the magic moments and actually like being in the magic like wow the ducks are floating on a pond for like hours and I get to hang out with them like whoa that's amazing. So I think that's, um, I just want to add some magic. So Jonah, would you talk a little bit about, because I think it's an interesting question from Dennis, is awe ever used in a negative context, like the word awful, right? It's the same root.
1: Comes from the same root. Yeah. And actually it's interesting. We didn't talk so much about this. And, you know, I I have one chapter in in my book about this topic, but, you know, because most of the time when we think of awe, we think of the good stuff. Um, But around 10 or 15% of the time, if if you ask a hundred people, like when's the last time you felt awe? the example that will come back is actually not something all that pleasant. Uh, and if you think way back to that definition of all, right, there's something bigger than me that blows my mind, essentially, right? That can be applied to things that are not just great, right? That can be applied to things like natural disasters. It can be applied to you know, painful. When I got bluff charged by a grizzly bear at Glacier National Park, I was in awe of mm. this thousand pound animal kind of coming at us. But I was scared, Crazy, that, right? <laughs> so I don't want to repeat that anytime. And most yeah. of the benefits that we see for you know awe don't you know you don't see that with negative awe. Except, yeah. interestingly enough, you do see two of them. You see people even after negative awe experiences, uh, threat based awe, for example, being closer to others, feeling more connected to other people, and feeling ki- and being kinder towards others. So connection, prosociality does still show up even in the negative all experiences. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that's a really important point that it's not inherently good or bad, if you think about that definition. But most of the time, of course, the awe that we want in our lives is, of course, the, the good type.
0: Mm. No, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of processing what you're saying that even like, scary things that are, you know, may leave us awestruck, they have the same effect of like vastness and transcendence, I think that's really important. And I just want to um, close with this, and I think we could talk for hours about this. Um, but I think it's such a, a beautiful discussion. Like your that the awe being an experience of vastness of something bigger than yourself and transcending kind of the day to day. I think it's a really tangible, beautiful definition. Thank you for sharing that. I just want to repeat it for everyone. Um, so that it helps you to do your homework of finding Mm -hmm. at least one moment of awe every day. It does not have to be standing in Grand Canyon or watching whales. It's transcending uh, the day, kind of the, the, the tunnel vision with which we go through the day. And it's vaster. So it's something that is just bigger than yourself. And also for me, something that's coming up for me, it's like, that's why I think Awe helped me to stop complaining because it kind of expanded my lens. You know, I think a lot about our mental lenses. So of course there's things to complain about, but when we get into awe, it kind of expands the lens on our life. So um, Jonah, I'm sure you've seen some incredibly thoughtful, meaningful comments in chat about how much everyone's appreciating your wisdom in this discussion. So I just want to tell you a huge... Thank you. Um, with all the confetti and fireworks that I can. Uh,
1: I I'm so pumped to be here. I mean, amazing group of of attendees here. And Natalie, I'm just like such a fan of yours, and so grateful to you on both. Like, Abby, I'll, I'll out Natalie. You've you've been kind enough to endorse some of my books over the years, and I just admire you so much as a person and as somebody that oh. kind of shares. A lot of these. Jonah, these. the
0: screen is exploding with hearts and celebrations. And I think part of the reason this discussion was so meaningful is I feel exactly the same about you and your work. And it's a true gift to share this with everyone. Um, so thank you for you and your wisdom and your insights and your genuine warmth and humanness in sharing them. I think that's what makes it magical. Um, this will definitely not be the last time Jonah and I do something together. That's become very clear to me. Um, So thank you, Jonah. Thank you, everyone. As I always say, thank you for being, thank you for being here. Thank you for making time to watch or listen or watch as a recording, as most people are in the future. Um, And I think it's, I think it's such the perfect time for all of us to walk away to do the homework of finding at least one moment of awe in our days. And yes, I put a link to um, Jonah's book in chat. It will of course be in your follow-up email um, as well as Jonah's website. It is um, an awesome book. Awesome, I really mean that. Um, I I don't have it with me because it's in my home library and I'm in my studio today, Uh, but I really, really recommend it as I do um, Jonah's other works. And so Jonah, thank you. As I said, so not the last time we'll be doing something together. Thank you everyone. Uh, in May for our awesome human hour. I'll be sharing more about this, but um, we'll have another really incredible guest. Lynn Twist will be here, someone whose work I've admired. Um, She, uh, Joan, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Her first book was The Soul of Money, which completely helped me transcend how I think of money. And her latest book is Living a Life That Matters, um, she's an incredible human humanitarian has worked on solving world hunger for the last 50 years has an incredible story so she will be joining us in may everyone so look out for an email letting you know all the details um, and have a beautiful awe-inspiring and awe-struck and awesome rest of your week everyone thank you so much take care bye All right, Awesome Humans, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Awesome Human Podcast, and I would love to know what resonated, what questions do you have, what are you excited to practice, so send us an email to team at happier.com, and please rest assured, if you send an email that you'd love for me to read, I will always get it in my inbox, my team will send it to me. Let's stay in touch so you can keep practicing skills to help you struggle less and thrive more in work and life. The best way to do it is to go to happyyear.com and subscribe to my weekly newsletter. I promise you I would never send you spam. It's just more practices, skills, and stories to help you embrace your inner awesome human. I can't wait to see you next week.